Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. You know, actually, I've shared this before over the years, but, but your country holds such a special place in my heart because a man from Balamina came over to Norwich in 1982 and shared his testimony. And my parents, my mum and dad, they were not Christians. They had never been to church before and someone invited them to hear this man from Balamina, Northern Ireland. And he spoke a word and both my mum and dad gave their hearts to Jesus that day. And so, uh, so we, uh, your, your nation holds a very, very special place in, in my family's heart. So, uh, so we thank God for you people. You know, we really do. But you know, I'm blessed. I, I'm married to one wife. <laughs> just, just checking you're still awake, eh? We've been married nearly 11 years, and every time I look at her, I know there is a God. I know God has been very good to me, and uh, I don't take her for granted at all. I couldn't do what I do without her support. And we also have two miracle children, and I, I, show, I show these photos all the time, wherever I go, because... You know, we, we had such a tragic story with the, the first, our firstborn child, baby Elle. Uh, my wife courageously gave birth to her at nine months, but she was born without a beating heart and no breath in her lungs. And very, very difficult. And we were told that we may never have children. And we had to really keep the faith. And along the way, we suffered two miscarriages as well, one at eight weeks and one at 13 weeks. And it really didn't look like it was going to happen. But... But we hung on in there. <laughs> we held on to the hope. And we believed with all our heart that, that God would come through. And, and He certainly did. He gave us our Lila hope and, and our Lucille faith. And uh, I, I show them all the time because sometimes people tell me, Luke, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. We serve a miracle working God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I believe for you that God can do a miracle in your life. But out of our story, I wrote a book called The Wrestle is Worth It because it was a real wrestle, a real wrestle with God. People that knew me knew I was a man of faith, a man who believed in the Scriptures, and, and, and that happened to us. And I had to grieve almost in public, and it was a real struggle, and I thought I'd start writing about it. But as I started writing this book, I recognized that we all wrestle with things in life, whether it be our past, our present, our future. Perhaps it's a dream you wrestle with, maybe an addiction you wrestle with, maybe it's guilt or shame that you wrestle with. Perhaps your wrestle was like mine, directly with God. I was angry with God for quite a while after what I had been through. And so I wanted to write a book and and encourage people because I, I know this, that with every fight you have to endure, every wrestle you go through in life, there is always a blessing attached to your fight. There is a blessing attached to your fire, and sometimes we can't see that when we're in the dark. But if you hang on in there, the light will always shine through eventually. It will. And so that's why I wrote that book, and I don't have any copies here today, but please jump online and and grab one if you want to be encouraged. So uh, I, I hope and pray it helps you. I love this church. I love what God's doing here. I love your pastors very much, Phil and Anna, who I've got to know in more recent years. He's like my brother from another mother, I tell you. We could have been twins, I reckon. I don't know who's the better looking. Maybe Phil. We'll give him that one. 
But I love him dearly. And um, I know he's a man of God and he's done great things. And I'm very grateful for our friendship. And it's not easy to lead a church. But why don't we just thank him and Anna for what they do? Why don't we give them a hand and thank them? All right, I want to talk to you tonight. This is round three. We had a good Saturday night. We had an even better Sunday morning. And tonight, you're going to get it all. I'll tell you. We're going to throw some grenades in here tonight. But the title of my message is this, if you're taking notes. There is gold in the graveyard. There is gold in the graveyard. I wonder if you have ever been written off, told that you will not make it, labelled a failure in some way or another. I would suggest that the majority of us and the majority of us in here have. For some, the odds have been stacked against you right from the beginning. I mean, you were told right at the start that you were a mistake, that you would never amount to something, that the people who are born where you were born just are not successful. And over the years, you have believed that lie. For others in here, perhaps you started out okay and life for you was, was very good, but, but along the way you hit some opposition and, and you got off track and the people that once cheered you on and loved you and believed in you now ignore you and now don't talk good about you. Perhaps the dream that you thought you would now be living still looks like it's so far out of reach that it will never come to pass. Oh, for some of us in here, we've faced rejection and setbacks, dead end, after dead end, and now you doubt yourself. You don't need anyone else to write you off because deep down you've written yourself off. You've drifted, you've made mistakes, you've been on the earth, but on the verge of giving up. You've even asked yourself certain questions like, Will I ever get beyond my current situation? Will I ever get over those insecurities that rise to the surface every time I take a step forward? Can I? Can I really? Make a difference with my life here on earth. Well, if you've ever wrestled with any one of those thoughts, I'm glad you're in church tonight because I want to encourage you from a story in the Bible about a man that was in a very, very bad way. He was completely written off by every single person that was around him. Yet this man... He encountered Jesus, he turned his life around, and he went on to have a huge impact, a huge impact for the kingdom of God. And so if you could, I want to read tonight from Mark chapter 5, and they're going to put it up on the big Northern Ireland Bible behind me that you can uh, follow along to. Now, I can't read all the story because it's quite long, but I'm going to read some of it and then paraphrase some of the other bits. But it starts in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, and says this. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Now, they're talking about Jesus and the disciples here. Now, they have actually just sailed through a storm. They've just come through a storm which Jesus has quietened down. He stilled the storm when we pick up this story. So they land they land in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often cha been chained hand and feet, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one 
was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, do not torture me. For Jesus said, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. Well, the, the evil spirits come out of this man and the whole town, the Bible says, the whole town heard what had happened. And then we see in verse 15, it goes on to say that when the town came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And it goes on to say in verse 18, that as Jesus was getting back into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged. He begged Jesus to go with him. But Jesus did not let him and said this, Go home. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and he began to tell in all the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. Oh, what a powerful story this is. You see, whenever Jesus encountered someone, they were changed forever. They were changed forever. They received new life, new hope, new vision. Jesus saw the best in every person he met. Think of his disciples. Think of the life and the impact that they went on to have after meeting Jesus. No one. No one could have predicted the impact that these guys went on to have. But Jesus, right from the off, saw who they could become. He saw the gold in these people. And in the same way, He sees the gold in you. He sees the gold in you. You may not see it yet. But God does. He holds the keys for your future. And I want to help you on your way in unlocking unlocking that gold and those promises that He has in store for you. So what can we learn? What can we learn from this powerful story? What does Jesus show us when it comes to encountering the one? I've got three keys for you tonight. And my first key is this. Number one is that Jesus always goes out of His way for the one. He always goes out of His way for the one. Having sailed across the waters and calmed a storm along the way, his feet touched down on the shoreline of Gerasenes and this man instantly, he instantly makes his way to Jesus. Jesus hasn't had time to pick up his baggage on arrival or pick up his order from Starbucks or his takeout from Zio's. Come on, I've been doing some local research around here. I hear Zio's is good. He hasn't had any of that when he is confronted with another situation. How oh, does anyone know what that feels like? That you sail through one storm just to be hit with another one. And you have yourself a situation. You see, when we read verse 18, it says that, that after Jesus heals him, I love this, that he gets straight back in the boat and he goes on his way again. What a day in the life of Jesus. I mean, I find this quite interesting. 
How many of you, let me put it to you this way. How many of you have ever woken up in the morning and you've decided to gather a few of your friends together and you're going to catch a ferry or a boat from Belfast to Liverpool? And so you go down to the, to the, to the harbour, you get on the boat and on you go. Midway across the ocean, you hit a storm and you're majorly delayed. I mean, you're out at sea for hours, but you eventually make it into Liverpool. You get off the boat as you walk down the ramp. Someone comes to you broken. They're in tears. They're distressed. You don't know them. You don't know their story. But you know you need to help them. And so you encourage them. You give them what you need. You pray for them. But then you turn around. You walk straight back up that ramp. And you get back on the boat. And wait for the boat to head back to Belfast. Now how many of you would do that? None of us. Or not many of us. Maybe a few of the real spiritual people might do that. But the majority of us would not do that because it's a very random thing to do. And through our eyes, it perhaps wouldn't be the best use of our time. But that's what Jesus did. He went all that way. He sailed for a storm just to help one person. Oh, surely there would have been other people. There would have been other people where he'd just come from who he could have helped. But yet he chose to show us the lengths he would go to to meet you where you're at. To meet you where you're at. Oh, my dad. My dad, right? He hates flying. He hates flying. Just the thought of flying turns his stomach. I mean, he would quite happily never fly again if he he didn't have to. However, about 14 years ago, my younger brother, Marcus, he, he met and married an American girl. And a year later, they decided to get married in New York. Now, New York is only a seven-hour flight from London. But I tell you, seven hours is a long time if you don't like flying. And so my dad went, and over the past, what, 12 years, my mum and dad have gone to see him in the various states he's lived in, and he's in Texas right now. And, and, and my, my dad, he gets worked up every time. He gets so stressed and, and so anxious. And one day I asked him, I said, Dad, why don't you just stay at home? Why why do you put yourself through this every two years? And he said, I couldn't. He said, I couldn't because I know that whatever I go through, it will be worth it because my son will be waiting for me on the other side. Oh, that's the picture that Jesus is painting in this story. He sailed through a storm because he knew that there was a miracle waiting for him on the other side. And He has done the same for you by dying on a cross, by going through the most horrendous storm imaginable, only to rise again three days later. Oh, He overcame death. He overcame darkness. He overcame disease, disappointment, brokenness, opposition, sickness and trouble, so that not only would we be forgiven of our sins, but so that you and I could walk freely with our head held high and walk in His power and walk in His freedom, and rise to new heights. Oh, He did it so we would discover the gold that He has placed in us by sending His Holy Spirit to help us through life. Oh, Jesus died on a cross, and He rose again because every single person on this planet was worth dying for. You were worth dying for. That's how much He loves you. 
That's how much He loves you. Do you know that you have been handmade in God's image? You are special to God. You may not think it when you look in the mirror, but God says it. He says, you're special to me. He handmade you. He crafted you. He sculpted you with gifts and talents that were measured out just to you. He has a great plan and a great purpose in your life. He believes in you. Some of you don't believe in yourself, but He believes in you. He hears your prayers. He sees all you do. He knows the sacrifices you make. He knows you give your all when others don't believe you do. So don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to those voices in your head that tell you you're not worthy, that you're not good enough to be used by God, that you've run out of chances, that you've lived your best days, that you've missed your moment. For this story tells us no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, no matter where you are on the journey, Jesus will always go out of His way. He will always change up His schedule to meet you where you're at. To meet you where you're at. Whether you're in a good place tonight or not, whether you're, whether you're walking closely with Him or whether you've drifted, whether, whether you've disobeyed or whether you've lived a great life, whatever it is, Jesus is available and He wants to help you because He has so much in store for you. Do you believe that tonight? That's good because I'm only just getting going up here. <laughs> the second thing, that Jesus shows us when encountering the one, and I love this in this story, is that no one is beyond repair. No one is beyond repair. Have you ever owned something that is beyond repair? I mean, what use is a watch if it cannot tell the time? What use is a phone if it cannot make a call? What use is a pen if it leaves no ink on the page. A few years ago, I was in a meeting in central London and I had cruised into the city in my black Volkswagen Golf GTI. I mean, she was my baby, you know? She had alloys and the sound system and I loved that car. And I would park her at her usual place and then head to my meetings. But on this day, when I came out of the meeting, I was not far from the River Thames. I walked over the bridge and I noticed that the river was a little bit higher than normal. And so as my heart started to race and my legs started to pick up the pace, I turned the corner and there she was. The water was over the roof. It was the highest tide in London in 53 years. I know, she was floating in the Thames. People were filming it for YouTube and they did not see the good side of Pastor Luke on that day. I had to let out some of that spirit in me, you know. But the car was destroyed. It was, it was beyond repair. It was deemed a write-off, surplus to requirements. It now had no use, so therefore it had no value. And here we have a man in this story who, who was viewed just like that. The whole community, the whole town considered him an outcast. He was of no value to society. He was seen as a rough man, a dangerous man, a hurt man, a broken man who was forced to live in a cemetery. 
Do you know everyone, the whole town, think about this, the whole town knew him for all the wrong reasons. He lived a humiliating existence. Do you know, we don't like it. We don't like it when a few people know some of the stuff we're going through. When a few people start talking about us, oh, did you hear about Steve's addiction? Oh, did you know that Kate lost her job again? Did you see that, that Johnny's business is going bankrupt? Did you hear that Nathan's relationship has broken down again? Oh, Sarah's children, they've been kicked out of school. They're in trouble. They're this, they're that. Do you know, it's not nice. It's not nice when people talk about our business. It's not nice when people know about some of our personal business. Well, the whole town... The whole town knew this man's business, they knew his issues, they knew his problems, and because of it, he was forced to live in a cemetery. Oh, but I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for Jesus because the Bible says that the moment Jesus got out of the boat and put his feet on dry ground, this man who we read is naked, I mean, don't picture it too much, naked and possessed by demons, he starts running towards Jesus. I can't help but think what must have been going through his disciples' minds. I mean, they've just sailed through a storm. They're absolutely exhausted. And now here comes this man running at great speed towards Jesus. I wondered, like, what were they thinking? I mean, what would they do? With, 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 what were their options? I mean, they could have jumped back on the boat like Jonah. Perhaps they could have ran and, and hid like Gideon. Maybe they could have put on that spirit of Samson and, and, and gone to rugby tackle that man like as if they were playing for Ulster. Again, a bit of local research for you. They could have done any of that. And yet the Bible says they just stood there. They must have been in awe, astonished what Jesus was about to do next. You see, the Bible says that as that man starts running to Jesus, he had his chains dangling from his wrists. He had an iron bar dragging along the sand. He was covered in scars from his head to his toe. But can you picture it? The messy man collides with the miracle maker. What a beautiful picture that is. He runs. He runs into the presence of God. Oh, that should encourage us all. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't turn him away. He doesn't ignore him. He doesn't reject him like everyone else. No, Jesus stands calm and he asks him his name. Oh, I wonder who was the last person to ask his name. He asked him his name. And in that moment, Jesus delivers him. He wipes the slate clean and he gives him another chance. Oh, he may have been beyond repair in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, today was a new day. Today, his story was about to be rewritten. Oh, friend, no one is beyond repair. You may be ashamed of what you've done. You may be knee-deep in problems that you cannot escape. You may be involved in something or with someone that has knocked you off course. And yes, the road to your recovery may be longer than you want. Yes, there may have to be consequences to your actions that need to be dealt with. Yes, some things in life take longer to fix than others. But when Christ is in you, when you come into the presence of God, you are not beyond repair. You are not beyond repair when you come boldly, 
humbly, desperately. God will take your old and make it new. He will take your mess and turn it into a message. He will turn the page on your past. He will give you a new purpose for today and rewrite your future. Because that's what my God does. You are not beyond repair. The miracle maker has not moved today. So run to Him. Run to Him. The third thing Jesus shows us when encountering the one, and this is my final point, is this. Is that there is more in you than you think. There is more in you than you think. I find it quite striking that due to this man's issues, he was forced to live in a cemetery. Do you know a graveyard is for dead people? There is no life at a graveyard. Not many people I know choose to live among the tombs. For a graveyard can often be a cold place, an eerie place, a painful place, an emotional place, a reflectful place. Graveyards stir up memories. And this man resided there. He lived in that place. His friends, his friends, his only friends were the tombstones. Not a pulse or a heartbeat in sight. He lived with the dead because his existence had been deemed as good as dead. He had nothing to live for and nothing to die for. Oh friend, but can I tell you that just because other people have placed you out of sight or out of mind, just because you may have given up on yourself, just because like right now, you may feel like you're in the wilderness, that you're stuck in a graveyard, that you're being overlooked. Maybe you feel lost in life. I have good news for you. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. He knows when to show up. He knows when to step in. And He knows when to send you forward. For look at what verse 15 said. It said that this man who was feared by many, who spent his days shouting and hollering, the reject, the write-off, the misfit, is now sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Wow. 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 I mean, he was unrecognisable. It says the whole town were amazed. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Why? I'll tell you why. Because one moment with Jesus broke the chains that had held Him for a lifetime. One moment. One moment. One moment with Jesus changed everything. And I'm not talking about those physical chains that were wrapped around His wrists and around His ankles. I'm talking about those chains that had imprisoned His heart those chains that had captured his thought life, all the stuff that had entangled his thinking, all the frustration and hurt that was on his inside, all the labels that those locals had stuck on him. It was all broken in Jesus' name. One moment with Jesus. 
One moment with Jesus changed the entire course of his life. And that's a word for someone in here tonight. It looks like your dream is dead. One moment with Jesus can change everything. It looks like you'll never have peace again. One moment with Jesus can change everything. It looks like you'll never get justice in that situation. One moment with Jesus can change everything. It looks like you'll never get over that hurt or or that brokenness that has been done to you. One moment with Jesus can change everything. Do you know what looks impossible in the natural can be made possible by the supernatural power of God? For my Bible says that when you invite Jesus to come into your heart, then the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead comes alive in you. That the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the name above every single name comes alive in you. Your chains can be broken. Your chains can be broken. Those addictions can be broken. That fear can be broken. Those insecurities can be broken. That heavy weight of guilt and shame, it can be broken. My God can break every chain that has held you down, pulled you back and kept you captive. You don't need to carry that stuff into your next season. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. Oh, God can set you free tonight. It can be broken. It can be broken. Some of you have lived with that for too long. Make tonight your night. It can be broken. Let me show you the final verse in this story. Mark 5 verse 20. Listen to this. This is incredible. So that man, and he's talking about the the healed man, the free man. He went away. And he began to tell in all the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Do you know the Decapolis is a district which contains 10 cities. He went from talking to the tombstones to telling people about Jesus in 10 cities. No one, no one could have seen this man leaving the cemetery to live a new life. But Jesus did. No one could have seen this man being used by God, but Jesus did. No one could have seen this man going out to help other people. He couldn't even help himself. But Jesus did. And so I came here tonight to tell you this, that if this man could overcome such brokenness, such darkness, such disappointment, such self-doubt, such rejection, such hurt to be used by God as a beacon of light to help other people, then so can you. Then so can you. People may not believe in you, but Jesus does. People may not love you like you want them to love you, but Jesus does. You may not believe in yourself, but Jesus does. You may not think that God can use you, but He can. There is more in you than you think. There is more in you 
than you think. You can launch that business. You can tell that person about Jesus. You can restore that relationship. You can raise your children well. You can overcome that pain. You can clear that debt. You can live that dream. You can own that building. (laughs) You can accomplish that dream. You can move forward. Where you are right now is not where you have to be forever. Who you are right now is not who God has designed you to be forever. This is not it for you. There is more. There is more. There is more. There is gold in your graveyard. There is gold on the depths of who you are. Encounter Jesus daily. Walk with Him. Stay the path. Serve the body. Be intentional about helping other people with your life. And you will see, just like this man, that your greatest days of influence, your greatest days of impact, your greatest days of growth are still very, very, very much ahead. In Jesus' name. Come on, sister. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give him a shout of praise in this place right now. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life, and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.